the title of this message is this. It is clean your hearts for prayer. Clean your hearts for prayer. And not only just prayer, but worship as well. And um, in Mark chapter 11, what's happening is that um, it's Passover week. And so in ancient Israel, even today, this is a massive event. And so uh, Jewish people from all over the world come to, uh, they come to Israel, they come to Jerusalem, they're the capital city, so that they could, uh, well, Jerusalem's not the capital anymore, but back in that day, that this city that is the center of the country where people came and they worshiped God and they praised God, especially during Passover, because they would they were celebrating the time that um, God saved the Israelites from Egypt and they remembered it Passover week. And so all these people are coming, coming to give sacrifices and coming to worship God. And Jesus is just entering Jer- Jerusalem during this time. And so there's hundreds of thousands of people inside the city. And so when Jesus walks in, he comes to the temple, the place of worship, the place where people come drawn near, drawn near to God. And um, what happens is that he sees that the whole place is full of people selling sacrifices. And that's where I want to pick up the story. So I'm going to read Mark chapter 11, starting with verse 15. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he, ta- and as he taught them, he said, It is not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. Right, so Jesus walks into the temple, and so he comes into the Gentile court. This is the place where those who weren't from Jerusalem, those who weren't ethnically Jews, were able to worship God and come close to God and gave sacrifices. And when he came in, what he found is that the, the whole court, the place for them to worship, was filled with people selling doves for sacrifices. They were selling what, what they needed um, to give a sacrifice to worship God. But the thing is, there were so many people. They were, this place had become a marketplace when it was supposed to be a place of worship. And not only that, but this place, they were selling doves and they were overpricing it. That's why he calls it a den of robbers. And so they were ripping the poorest people off because doves were to be the sacrifice of those who couldn't afford maybe a lamb or those who couldn't afford um, an ox. And so a, a pigeon was, a dove was given to those who were, who couldn't afford anything. So the poorest of the poor couldn't afford um, to give sacrifices, and they were overpaying as well. And then the whole court was filled with people, and they couldn't even worship God in the place that was designated for them. And so when Jesus came into that place, and he flipped the tables, what he was doing was he was restoring the, the place of prayer and worship to the, those who were considered outcasts, those who were considered foreigners, those who were considered the ones who were maybe different than the usual um, Jewish person, those who were not accepted as easily in that culture. And so when Jesus flipped the tables, and when Jesus began to push out the money um, changers, and when he began to clean the temple, the temple cleansing, he, was, he wasn't doing it because he was necessarily angry that they were selling stuff. He was doing it because he was angry that they were ripping off these people who had traveled hundreds of miles to be there. And not only that, he was angry that they had taken the whole place that was designated for them to come into God's presence. And I think in the same way, there's money tables in our hearts. There's, there's distractions in our lives that block our worship for God, block our prayer to God. 
and the way I pictured it was like when I was a little kid, we would go to this stream. It's called Elk Creek. And um, inside this creek, what we would do is we would put all these rocks. We'd line this this whole stream with rocks to block the flow of the river. And it was so cool to watch. And, and what would happen is then all the ground after the rocks would become dry. And that's cool when you're a little kid. But when it's your heart that is blocked from worshiping God, it's not dry ground that, that turns dry. It's your heart that turns dry. And, and it's your heart that lacks the presence of God in your life. It's your heart that lacks the joy that can only be known by knowing God. And what I see in this passage is that Jesus was breaking the dam that held the presence of God, breaking the dam of lack of worship in people's lives. They were unable to worship God in that temple because of the money changers. And in the same way, I think that God wants us to flip the tables of distractions in our own heart so that we could worship Him, so that we could pray to Him, so that we could have a clean heart. Man, Jesus, He flipped those tables out of love. And I think that he wants to do the same in our hearts. And he's wanting us to take a part in that. And so what I was thinking about was these different things that I think become the distraction that damn our hearts from worship. And what I think they are um, can maybe be even not things that are necessarily bad. It could be fear, man. It could be fear of um, fear of coronavirus and fear of what's going to happen, fear of for loved ones, fear for losing your job, fear that you won't be able to get all your schoolwork done, fear that you won't go to your graduation, um, fear that, that this will never end, fear that so many different things in your mind just become so anxious that what happens is you're unable to praise God because you can only think about those things that give you fear. And then I was thinking about maybe everyday things such as just being angry at somebody. Or maybe it's something that happened significant in your life and you're still angry at somebody because they hurt you when they did was wrong to you and it's just building up in your heart over and over and over again. It's all you can think about day and night and it's stopping you from coming to God. It's stopping you from worshiping. It's stopping you from praying. Man, I, I was just thinking about just our iPhones, man. Our phones, Android too, man. That, man, I look at my phone. I, I, I get the weekly report and I'm like, oh, Spent a little too much time on my phone on Instagram this this week, and I could have been spending that time with with Jesus. Instead, I was looking up crazy memes, and I think that our phone can become a distraction as well. But I think what happens, guys, is all these things create a dam in our hearts, and the flow of God's presence in our worship is unable to keep going. And what eventually happens is our heart becomes dry. And guys, what I'm saying is this, that just like Jesus flipped the tables in the temple, we can flip the tables in our heart. And what might this look like? What I what I saw was this, that when I was in college, freshman year, um, it became really hard for me to pray because I said I was going to pray in the morning and I liked to sleep. And so what happened is I would designate that time for prayer and then I would sleep right before class started and then I wouldn't pray. But one day what I did is I took my phone and um, I slept on a bunk bed, and I was on the top. And so I left my phone at the bottom of the of the on the floor. And so when I woke up and that alarm started screaming at me, I wasn't able to just click it right off. I had to jump out of bed. I jumped the whole like five feet, almost cracked an ankle one time. It, but it helped me to get up. And I can tell you what, man. There's so many moments. Some of my best moments in college were sitting by the window of my dorm room with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and just opening my Bible, praying, meditating, reading, 
just listening to God and talking to Him. And then I thought of something else, like, well, what if it's not a distraction such as bed, going to bed or your phone? What if it's something in your heart, like anger or fear? I would say this, um, take time, and, and instead of thinking and dwelling on that in a way that it consumes you, dwell and think about it in a way where you're able to pray for it. And so think about that person who's hurt you, and instead of maybe dwelling on it and thinking about how badly you hurt, how badly you're feeling, give it to God and begin to pray and open up your heart and say, I'm still thinking about it, but I'm giving it to Him. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to bring this into God's presence. I'm going to worship Him. I'm going to pray to Him. Or whether it maybe be a fear, take that fear and begin to pray for that fear to God. Tell Him about it. Ask for His help. Right? Those are some way to unclog the dam. Another thing is this. Help others have peer worship. When, when Jesus flipped the tables, he wasn't necessarily doing it for himself. No, he was doing it for the Gentiles who didn't have a place to worship. And so when he flipped those tables, it was out of love for them. In the same way, I think that we can love people by bringing them closer to God so that they can clean their hearts and so that they can pray and worship as well. Right? And I was thinking about different people maybe who are angry at God that we know. They hate God because something happened in their life. Or maybe they think that God isn't real and they have a lot of questions. Man, then, or or maybe they're just um, they're just indifferent to it. They think that it's okay to live any way they want. It's okay not to spend time with him, and everything will be fine in the end. But I think this that, just as God flipped the tables, Jesus flipped the tables for the Gentiles so that they can worship. We can help bring people closer to God by taking away distractions or answering questions. I thought about this. Here are three ways you can help somebody. Invite someone to church, right? Um, ask them to come to church, and and when they come, they'll hear the gospel. They're going to hear God's love. And then take them out to coffee or take them out to lunch afterwards, and, and you're able to talk about the message. Here's another way. Um, pray for them, right? You, you see a need. You know somebody's hurting. You know they're going through something. Ask them if they need prayer right there and then. That's another awesome way. And the third one is this. Maybe if there's somebody who's doubting and they think that it's just not real, what you can do is explain hard questions that they might have. right? And then if you can't answer those questions, find the resources from them. And um, shoot me a text. I might know the answer. I might not, but I might be able to show you where it is. So these are different ways that you can help um, others clean their hearts for prayer and worship as well. So guys, my point was this. We need clean hearts for praise and worship, and we can clean them because Jesus, he was able to clean the temple, and he can do the same for us. So guys, um, I miss youth group. I miss all of you, and I can't wait to meet again. I can't wait till church comes back, but until then, I'm glad we're taking precautions and we're taking this seriously because this is no joke, but um, why don't I pray? God, I just love you so much. I thank you, Lord, that you are with us. You care for us. God, you want us to have clean hearts so we can have a place to worship you to know you, to seek your presence, to know that you're with us so that you can listen to us, Lord, and most importantly, we can listen to you. God, I pray we would take time out of our day to draw close to you, Jesus, to put away the phone, to take the fears and give them to you, to take the anger and give it to you, to think about the joyous things that you've done for us. God, you are so mighty and good. God, I pray that you'd be with our leaders. Bless them, Lord, as they're making hard decisions. I pray that you'd give them wisdom and strength. Lord, I pray for all the, the healthcare workers who are working probably overtime upon overtime. 
God, I pray that you'd just give them safety, that you'd give them strength, that you would give them all the resources they need. Lord, bless this world. Draw it close to you. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In your name, amen. Hey, bless you guys. I'm glad we got to do this. We'll do more. Have a great weekend.